Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. child of God. Do you think about yourself that way? Do you think you're, you, I mean, I do. I think about myself that way. I'm, uh, I'm always running to the father. I totally find my identity in, in who I am as a child of God, redeemed in Christ Jesus. Um, I, I see myself in the father's arms and, uh, you know, under the, uh, under just the, uh, the total expanse of his concern and love. And so that's where I see myself today. Do you, do you see yourself as a child of God? What does that look like? And do you recognize just how much God loves every child? We're going to talk more today about the ministry of one child, and we're going to continue to invite you into it. 39 um, uh, listeners have already stepped forward and said, yes, I will be a champion for one child. So we're going to say some thank yous to folks in just a moment. It is Thursday. Uh, no, it's Friday, the 28th of um, of January. And we're just doing this for a couple of days. Uh, we're going to leave the the website open over the weekend for those of you listening via podcast or those of you that listen in other ways um, in, in delayed version of this program. And so don't feel left out if you're not listening live. There is an opportunity for you to go to MyFaithRadio.com. Look at the pictures of the children uh, for whom we are seeking champions right now. Right now, what does the Bible say about children? And what does the Bible say about our responsibility for them as Christians in the world today? Because you might be saying to yourself, well, they're not my kids. <laughs> they're not my kids. They're somebody else's kids. Somebody else chose to have that kid. Um, they're our children. We are pro-life from conception to natural death. Every life. Every life. Every life. So what does the Bible say about children and our responsibility for them as Christians in the world today? I look at Matthew 25. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, um, where Jesus is just straight up saying, what you have done for the least of these, you have done to me. Um, And when we talk about the least of these in the world today, children in abject poverty are literally the least of these. Matthew 19, 14, I think, is also um, an illustrative. It's a picture. It's not just a teaching. There's a picture here where Jesus is inviting the little children. He He says, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I mean, do you think there's going to be kids in heaven? You betcha. You betcha. Um, and and which children are going to be in heaven? I mean, whose children are going to be in heaven? Just uh, some children? All children? Is everybody in heaven a child? Well, okay, so just think through that for just a moment. Just think through that for just a moment, because I know that um, my grandmother, Robina, I mean, she, as she was dying in great pain, she told us, like, don't, don't, don't worry. 
I'm I've got something I've got to go do in heaven. I'm going to I'm I know I'm responsible to rock the baby angels. Now, that's I recognize, you know, that children who die in childbirth or um even preborn um children whose lives are taken, I recognize that they don't become angels, but I think you get the gist of what my grandma was saying. She's in a rocker right now. Um and and I have um I have held on to that when other children who I know um, have left this world in what I consider, you know, far too early a timeline. So what about you? How do you see children in heaven? Jesus says the kingdom of heaven belongs to them and to those who are like them. And so I'm lifting all of that up this morning to give us a theological framework out of which to have the conversation about child sponsorship, about being the champion for one child. So we're just going to talk about one quick headline here this morning. It is about the weather. There is a bomb cyclone expected to batter the northeastern United States this weekend. And so particularly for our friends in Connecticut who are listening this morning, hey, good morning, good morning. Get your, um, I don't know, get the salt on the sidewalk now because you're going to have something between 12 and 24 inches of snow and wind gusts up to 60 miles per hour. That sounds fun. All right. Um, for those of you listening in parts of the country where that does not sound like dramatic snowfall, I don't know. You're snow rich. You are snow rich. That's what I have to say to you this morning. All right. We are going to talk more about one child in just a moment. Mitch Hildebrandt is back to join us. But go ahead. Don't wait any longer. Go to the website, MyFaithRadio.com. Look at the precious pictures of the children. And we are going to introduce you to Propo Mondell next. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. One child representative Mitch Hildebrandt is back today. Good morning, Mitch. It's great to be in studio with you this morning. Good morning. Hey, hey, Carmen, I think that should be Mitch's walk-on song anytime he comes yeah, on. Well, I did kind Absolutely of just strut everywhere. through the studio when that came yeah. on, so everywhere. I do have a long V-neck on, too, if that's helpful. So <laughs> just to paint the image, you know, it's... It's theater of the mind this morning. <laughs> that uh, that third voice that you're hearing is, of course, Paul Perot. Hello. He has been to Honduras and visited um, a One Child Hope Center. Um, actually, he, four of them. Wow. Four yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, he flew into Tegucigalpa, which we won't make him say on air, but maybe you'll tell us. I can say that. Uh-huh. Oh, or they just go. call it Tegu. Mm-hmm. Tell us, um, Paul, where, where in Honduras, um, maybe one of the places that you went to visit a Hope Center. One and what the, is a Hope Center? Well, a Hope Center is uh, is a is a center run by a local church to serve the children of the community to bring them in. Now they have limited capacity because they have limited resources. That's why we're here now to ask for help for resources for people to sponsor the children so they can continue to provide help. But they help kids out. In many ways, they help them out with food. They help them out with medicine and other health issues. They help them out educationally. And, of course, the most important element, they help them out spiritually to tie that all together, to help them know that they are loved by God, created in his image, and are can be redeemed by his son. And that's what they do, and they are a wonderful group of child champions working day in and day out tirelessly for these kids. 
It's an amazing ministry, and we are partnering with One Child to raise up child champions today. And so we want to invite you to go to MyFaithRadio.com. You are going to see pictures there of um, children. And first on the list right now is Propo Mondal. So we are looking for a champion right now for Propo. Do you think I'm in a, do you think I'm, he's from Bangladesh. Do you think I'm pronouncing that correctly, you guys? You think it's Prepo? Uh, I don't think he's listening, but I'm going to guess that you're pretty close. Yeah. All right. Propo, maybe? Propo? Let's go with Propo. All right. So Propo is 10 years old. Um, His birthday is the 10th of July, and he lives in Bangladesh. Mitch, help help us get to know him a little better. Yeah. So what what you're dealing with in Bangladesh is is a massive issue and a a massive concern of, of things from anywhere from child trafficking to just disease and, and things that are preventable. So so this little boy would face adversity like unbelievable. But that's that's the joy of us coming together. You know, yesterday, Carmen, we talked about a child champion is someone who gives on themselves so a child can thrive. When they do that, we see really the hand of God just blessing that child, blessing that family, simply because it's kind of what God told us to do. You know, take care of the widow, take care of the orphan. We got an, we have an amazing opportunity. And yesterday we found out that you, if, if a child champion gives them themselves so a child will thrive, you were, wasn't it the grand champion, I'm now a grand right? champion. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, what yeah, I want to really I know, and I think and that Anna. everybody that knows you well, why did you sponsor a child? Because it, I think that everybody has a different reason, right, of what it was about a child. But why did you decide to sponsor a child? Well, in general, I decided to sponsor a child um, because I have, first of all, the the understanding that I have a responsibility for others, um, that I have capacity to do this. I mean, I can find $39 a month. Um, mm. if, if I have to give something up to do it, there is something I can give up to do this. Um, and, uh, and I was invited right? Mm-hmm. Somebody made it, made it easy and made it possible. I mean, somebody else is doing all the hard work. I'm, I am not doing the hard work in this relationship. One child's doing the hard work. The people that are at the Hope Centers are doing the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's a combination of things. My, my heart is aligned with this. My resources um, are sufficient to this. And, um, and I was invited. Mm. Isn't that great? I love that. I, I love that that we're able to use a platform today. And, and there might be people listening that are just like, why are you guys taking two days out of your, out of your, out of your year to do this? And it, I think it just helps fulfill an amazing mandate. And as we, as we look at little Propo, back to Propo in Bangladesh, he's 10. And, oh, it looks like I, I just see that he went right off of my screen. So somebody might be sponsoring him right now. He's not on my screen right now, yeah, which means like somebody that. may have selected Propo and is processing, uh, putting in their information, or maybe they called our phone center. And you can do the same thing. There are a lot of other kids waiting at this exact moment. 800-864-0200. That's 800-864-0200. Or, or you can see all of their faces at MyFaithRadio.com as well. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion it's someone in my house because I just got a note that says Propo has chickens and so do we. You are so the grand champion here. This is great. We're celebrating someone that. Someone might be awake and someone might be doing You know, that. overnight as well, I do want to celebrate this. Eileen from Hutchinson, uh, New Mexico, and Sarah from Bloomington, Minnesota, both sponsoring kids overnight last night. And so we're so grateful for that, which, which puts us 
that much closer to reaching more kids. And today is all about that. Let's reach more kids together. Uh, and if, if we don't, uh, your household is going to be full, Carmen, full. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. I, yeah. So, okay. So uh, apparently Propo has chickens and he likes feeding them. And so uh, we, we have that same situation at our house. Matthew gets up every day to feed the chickens and collect the eggs at our house. And so there you go. All right. So, um, but hey, that doesn't mean we're done. Uh, that doesn't mean that we, um, you know, oh, well, you, did, you can't participate because, you know, Carmen's family scooped up another kid. No, no, there, uh, there is yet another opportunity for us right now. Let's just introduce the next child. Who's Let's up next? At, yeah, a, a Pulo. And if you scroll down on your screen, Carmen, you'll see maybe why I selected him. Apulo Lochodio. He's from Kenya. He's age eight. He's definitely uh, from the Maasai tribe, and I can tell you that just based on what he's wearing. Um, he probably went to grandma or somebody and asked for the ostrich plume, the headband, and all of the garb. He definitely was dressed for photo day, and uh, you'll see his his wow. adorable little. You see him? Isn't that great? I see him. <laughs> so he's in Kenya, and uh, he's glad to help his parents. He helps with tasks like fetching water from the community tap. And once he finishes his chores, he likes drawing and coloring. He likes to get together with his friends and play hide and seek. What child doesn't? Right? That's mm-hmm. everywhere I've been in the world. Kids are kids. Here's another kid that needs a sponsor. Apulo is his name. He's a boy from Kenya. Birthday, December 21. He's one of those kids that for Christmas and birthdays, he got one gift, like the rest of us <laughs> December birthdays. And maybe maybe you're a December birthday. This would be a great fit. But how great would it be for him to get a message that he has a sponsor today? Apulo is his name. You know, um, those, those December birthday uh, people... Uh, we think of Jesus as being a December birthday person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a person who sponsors a Pulo, you are every year on the 21st of December going to have a very special Christmas um, testimony. Yeah. Because there is going to be the gift of a child's life and their nourishment and their education and their welfare that you will be presenting to the Lord as a gift appropriate, you know, for his manger throne. And so I just, um, yeah, Apulo's December birthday strikes me as um, as really significant. And yeah. so thank you for lifting that up. 1-800-864-0200 or myfaithradio.com. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I am Carmen LeBurge. Mitch Hildebrandt is in studio with Paul Perot this morning, and we are talking about the opportunity for you to become a child champion today with one child. You can see their sweet faces at MyFaithRadio.com, and we would invite you uh, to join us in sponsoring all these kids, all of them. You, some of you are asking, well, how many kids are we trying to get sponsored? We're trying to get all of them sponsored, every <laughs> single one of them. Mm-hmm. And so um, there is room for you in this effort. Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5, say, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame, when they contend with their opponents. Um, Children are a heritage and a reward. They are a blessing. 
And so the children for whom we are seeking to find champions today have parents who love them deeply, but who are um, not able to provide for them sufficiently. And so they need our help. They need our help to provide for the most basic needs for their kids. And this is what the church does. This is what we do for one another. We sacrifice and we become willing to live a little more simply that someone else can simply live. Um, Jeff is asking for the phone number. So, Mitch, uh, would you read it out again, please? You bet. 1-800-864-0200. We want to say a very special thank you to Jim in Kingston Springs, Tennessee, Propo just got sponsored, and yes. in the comments, we have chickens. <laughs> hey, thanks, Jim. Really appreciate that. That's, so, that's Carmen, fantastic. it's a, mm-hmm. you two, you're a child champion to two and a grand champion to one now. It's like, I know. So, Anana is, uh, is my grand one child in Bangladesh, and she wants to be a nurse. And now I have Propo, who is also in Bangladesh, and he's raising chickens. So, he's a whole lot like what's going on at my house. And you're kind of a, a godmother to all of the rest, so you're kind of the godmother. Champion, mm. and then oh. I have um, a Rasman, and she is my one child, and she lives in the Dominican Republic, and oh, she wants fantastic. to be a teacher. Oh, that's great! Isn't that so? There great? you go. That's beautiful. I know we're gonna have a whole constellation. <laughs> that's true. We're still looking for a sponsor for Apulo, a little boy, eight years old, uh, in Kenya. Unless Jeff acts quickly enough, because he said he wanted Apulo. Oh, there. You- <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Act quickly, Jeff. Jeff is calling one eight hundred eight six four zero. 200. Um, that's a great way to participate as well. If you don't, um, if you don't have access to going online at myfaithradio.com, where we have set up with one child, just special access to these kids today um, for you. And so we would, here's one of the things I invited people to do yesterday, and I want to invite you to do this again today. Even if you already know you're not financially in a position to do this, and I completely understand if that's Mm -hmm. the case, we want you to go to the website and look at their pictures and pray for them individually. Yes. All right? Mm-hmm. So I want, you to, I want you to go and I want you to pray for Mentis Nat in Ethiopia. And I want you to pray for Ashish in India. And I want you to pray by name and while looking at his little face, Rohim in Bangladesh. And we have, uh, we've talked about Apulo in Kenya. As you scroll down, you'll see that, um, you know, Gao in Cambodia needs your prayers as well, as does Tepi. Um, and so I think that uh, if I could invite you to make this a um, open-eyed visual prayer practice this morning, for those of you who are not in a financial position to sponsor a child, which we completely understand, we want you to prayerfully be a champion for one of these kids. And so let me encourage you to go and look at their pictures and get to know them, read their stories, and participate with us in that way today. Um, we we just have like one minute, uh, Jeff, before we got to take a, a Mitch, before we got to take a um, uh, a little break here. Yeah. Um, what what is something that you know about this experience for for Christians, um, you know, in the Western world, providing resources for kids around the world? Like what's what is something that you hear from one one child champions? Well, it, it's amazing because you think that, you know, we're coming to somebody's rescue is, is how we all think about it. 
But the reality is what changes in our heart when we begin to not just give, but understand a cultural nuance, a cultural difference from somebody that lives overseas. Many of us have not, many people have not traveled that far. I grew up in North Dakota. Very few people that I know left the three-state region. I mean, if they went to Canada, it was just, it was massive for them. And so for to have this kind of intercultural experience and to understand what that means, what that looks like, that you, what do you mean you don't have a toilet, you don't have running water, and, and, and how that impacts our kids is huge. And so what we see Child Champions uh, experience stateside is a bigger worldview, and I think that's just a bigger picture of the kingdom. Yeah, we're going to be asking um, <clears throat> what they feed their chickens uh, in Bangladesh because <laughs> it may be different than what we feed our chickens mm-hmm. in Kingston Springs. All right, we're going to take a very, very brief break um, to listen to Greg Laurie and Knowing God, but it's a perfect opportunity for you to give us a call at 800 864 or become a child champion online with one child at myfaithradio.com. So every day we talk about being image bearers of the living God, and we talk about how we're going to walk our faith out into the world that God so loves and do so in ways that honor Jesus. Well, today, the way I'm inviting you to do that is to partner with us and one child. I mean, if we believe that we are fashioned in God's image with immeasurable worth, I mean, do we also believe that that is true of every other person, mm-hmm. of every child, Bingo. of each of us from the youngest to the oldest? I mean, each person is created in his image. So these verses um, of Scripture that we've been talking about today, you know, are for me the uh, the reminder that I'm called to this. So we would love for you to participate right now. Give one child a call at 800 864 0200 or visit us online at myfaithradio.com. What is your definition of peace? Is it a house with no yelling, maybe a few quiet moments without the kids making a mess? Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. The world's definition of peace is the absence of conflict. But God's definition of peace is hope in the middle of conflict. When there's tension and disappointment in your relationships, you have the choice to trust God and to see that the hardship will lead you to a deeper relationship with your team. If you sweep struggle and conflict beneath the carpet, you'll keep your family relationships from growing. In fact, requiring a non-conflict home will only atrophy your family muscles. Today, view peace from a different perspective. Let God bring peace in the middle of the conflict. Looking for more parenting wisdom? Go online to parentingtodaysteens.org or search for Parenting Today's Teens in your favorite app store.
All right, for those of you asking all kinds of really great great questions, great follow-up questions um, about uh, everything related to child sponsorship through one child, um, I'm going to encourage you also to just directly check out their website, onechild.org. If you look at the Frequently Asked Questions page, you're going to find um, all kinds of answers to your questions related to that. Um, and let me just say this, for those of you who are who are asking questions like, in addition to writing my child letters, can I bless them, you know, through gifts? And if so, what kind and how frequently and all of that. So um, the answer is yes, you can send your child um, very small gifts, but you should think of them as like flat items, like stickers, bookmarks, postcards, pictures of your family, things that fit in a, um, you know, in a six by nine inch or smaller envelope. Uh, you know, and it can't be super thick. So, um, and there are ways to send your child gifts. Um, you are welcome to send them um, a monetary gift through one child um, for their birthday once a year and at graduation when they complete the program. Um, and you're also, you know, invited if you're interested in doing so to bless their family with a, a monetary gift that the that the one child folks will then um, meet with the family and determine their needs and purchase an appropriate gift for them with the resources that you send. So there's all kinds of um, of additional opportunities here. But today, what we're really looking for um, are child champions. We are looking for people who are going to help a child get to participate in the program at all. I know there are those of you that want to go and be above and beyond with the with the one child you have already agreed to champion, and that's amazing. But I need you to step forward right now and become the champion for one child. So there are pictures of kids and their stories at MyFaithRadio.com right now, um, or you can call 1-800-864-0200. Joining us now, Chris Martin. Um, you know him from his Terms of Service newsletter, but he is now also, drumroll, uh, the author of Terms of Service, which is his newest book, and it technically drops on the 2nd of February, but my copy arrived in the mail yesterday. Chris, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad you got hey. your copy yesterday. I hope uh, I, I, hope it's helpful so for you. So exciting, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm very I'm very excited. It's, it's very odd. Somebody asked me, we had community group on Tuesday night, and I got my author copies this past Tuesday. And uh, it is it is something very special to get your book in the mail. And so, and a friend asked me. They said, you know, what what is it like? And you know, some authors have likened it to, you know, the birth of a child or something like that. I think now that I've had a child, I think that's maybe a bit of an overstatement. But I do think I said I said it is kind of like meeting someone famous that you feel because because this book has only ever existed on a screen. And in in like PDF form or Word or Word doc form, and it's like you know I've seen mockups of the cover. I've obviously reviewed and edited the manuscript eighteen times, but then when you get it in real life, it's like you know it's like if you came across Matt Damon walking the streets of New York or something. You're like, wait, you're real? You don't just live in my TV screen or on my computer screen? Uh, and that's kind of what it felt like getting it. It was like it was like oh wow, this is like a real thing, not just something that appears on my computer screen when I'm editing at six o'clock in the morning. So it was really cool and, and it is exciting. And I hope it's, you know, it may, I think of people like you, you and I have had, gosh, conversations around these themes for weeks over the last couple of years. It, some of it may seem like old hat to you at this point, because we talked about so many of these themes, but, but my hope is that there are plenty of people who haven't heard our conversations and that it's uh, helpful for them. So 
All right. I, you caught my attention um, by sharing an article from BuzzFeed News about apps that are selling people's prayers. W- what in the world is going on here? Yeah. So before we even get to the details of this, um, we we need to talk about how we shouldn't be surprised that this is kind of thing is happening. So there are apps out there. Um, Pray.com is the one that's featured in this uh, in this article from BuzzFeed News. It's a website as well as a, a phone app. Uh, there are some other apps. There's a more Catholic-oriented one called Hallow, which I, I'd never heard of. And then there's another one called Glorify. There are a number of kind of commercial Christian prayer apps out there that have received a lot of investor funding in the last year or so. Uh, Pray.com has been invested by Greylock Partners, who's a huge venture capitalist firm. Andreessen Horowitz in, invested $40 million in Glorify. Andreessen Horowitz was one of the earliest investors in Facebook, as well as Peter Thiel, who's the one of the founders of PayPal, invested in the, in the Hollow app. And he's also one of the earliest investors of Facebook. So a lot of venture capitalists, Silicon Valley-like investors are flocking to these prayer apps because they've realized through COVID-19 how people's relationship with their faith and with their churches has changed, and people are flocking to these apps in greater numbers than they ever have. And so what's happening is, just to get to like the nitty-gritty details, is people are going onto these apps and, and participating in prayer groups, perhaps engaging with short virtual Bible studies or curricula of sorts, um, and and doing, you know, doing some readings of scripture or perhaps some devotionals that are in the actual apps, sharing prayer requests with others who use the app. Um, And these platforms, uh, they're free. Um, And as the old saying goes, if it's free, you're the product. Um, Mm -hmm. And or or more specifically, if it's free, your data is the product and they're just harvesting it from you. These apps have been sharing user data and user personal information with outside platforms. Um, it's hard. All, it's generally hard to find out exactly who they're sharing uh, your data with. But um, there's a privacy researcher named Zach Edwards who has done some research on these apps in particular. And he found that he, you know, he engaged with one of the Bible studies and he found that his uh, personal information and, and the, the depth to which he engaged with that piece of curricula was shared with Facebook as well as a couple of other advertising, like digital advertising companies called Leads RX and Branch IO, which are which are uh, attribution vendors, companies that figure out which ads to have led people to make purchases, basically, to get a bit technical. So these apps are, are sharing user data. And if anybody remembers, I don't even, I think we talked about it here. Um, in 2021, Facebook introduced their feature, Prayer Posts, um, where you could share, you know, a prayer request or something going on in your life in a Facebook group and people could respond by saying, I'm praying for you. It's like a unique, like engagement option, uh, saying I prayed for you or I am praying for you. And when, when Facebook did that, I expressed some serious hesitation because at the heart of all of this, we have people who are sharing in prayer, naturally the deepest, most vulnerable parts of themselves. Um, you know, they, they're afraid their spouse is having an affair or they're struggling with some kind of addiction or something like that, and they're sharing these things in these prayer apps, and then the prayer apps are selling this data to advertisers, and then obviously, I mean, these people are being served ads for how to improve your marriage on Facebook, or how to get over your drug addiction on Facebook, or or other platforms, and and they're they're kind of like, how did they know? How, how does Facebook know I'm struggling 
with you know my husband or my wife having an affair and it's because that the data was sold from these prayer apps to these platforms and and frankly it's sickening i think it's disgusting but i'm probably the least surprised person as you can imagine because this kind of thing should be expected at this point i i'm one of those people who um has always been reticent to to share personal prayer concerns on social media it's strangely less concerned to do so on broadcast media because the the repeater factor is just not there um, in what we're doing right now. Um, The other thing, Chris, that, you know, I have a heightened awareness of and concern about is just the, the gossip component of it. I mean, it's just, there's, it's part of this just feels like a Christian form of gossip. And I don't like that. I just don't like that. at Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um what I I don't think social media is all bad. We've talked about that before. Like I think it can be used for real good. I think people can encourage one another and I think even some more maybe private social media communications, sharing prayer requests and things can be really helpful. But I do think that social media is kind of a great trivialization medium. Like it, it social media makes trivial things that that aren't trivial and, and just kind of by way of being frivolous and transient. Just the nature of social media makes really deep things, I think, um, cheapened. It, it cheapens them. And so I think, yeah, I think we should all be a little bit hesitant to to be sharing you know, intimate prayer requests, whether on a Facebook post or in an app like this. Um, and, and always, I mean, you know, not that I'm saying everybody needs to go read every privacy policy in terms of service, but the the apps of these prayer apps, uh, the, the, the privacy policies laid out in some detail that they do this and people agreed to them. Um, and so, so it's not like these apps, I mean, what these apps are doing is shady and disgusting, but it, but it was kind of laid out for the users had they gone searching for it. And so, yeah, I think we should just, this just, in my view, um, is another point for investing in real embodied community, uh, in our, in our neighborhoods, in our churches. All right, we're going to um, take a, a little pause here with Chris Martin, but when we come back, we're going to talk about hope. And we're going to talk about hope even in the midst of our developing digital dystopia. Yeah, so let's just pause and think for a moment. Is my digital life dystopic? Um, is it headed in that direction? And and if so, where is the hope? Where is the hope? That's up next from Mornings with Carmen. We're continuing our conversation with Chris Martin. You can find him at his Terms of Service newsletter, which is um, on Substack. And if you just Google Chris Martin Terms of Service, not only will the website or the um, newsletter come up, but uh, so will his brand new book by the same title. Um, Talk about hope. And here's the line from the piece that you wrote that just, uh, I think, jumps out at me most. Um, It is amazing grace to be able to cling to both the past and the future when the present feels so precarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if there's any question that we're living in a digital dystopia of sorts, obviously that can be a personal experience. You may or may not be experiencing a sort of dystopian vibe yourself, but I think the story we just explored of, of prayer apps sharing intimate prayer details with online advertisers is ingredient enough to feel like we're in a bit of a dystopian state. <laughs> um, 
So uh, whether you've experienced that personally or not, but I think anybody who's browsed a Facebook comment section would say they're living in some version of a dystopia. But anyway, um, yeah, I think, you know, I write a lot about the rough sides, the, the seedy underbelly of our relationship with the internet and with social media. And I think that's because not because I want to be a negative Nancy, but because I think none of us need to be convinced of the, uh, of the things that make social media helpful and appealing. Um, I think a lot by, by virtue of us being addicted to them and, and using them all the time, I think we're all pretty, pretty acquainted about with what makes social media and our present internet age, uh, so appealing. Uh, we can find any kind of content we want at any time. We can connect with just about anybody we want to. That's all great. But I do, you know, naturally write then about what I think sometimes we overlook, which is the the more negative, discouraging sides. However, I do think there's hope. Um, and and I, I always want to be careful not to leave people discouraged in our in our regular exploration of that CD underbelly. And I think it's important to remember, even as we talk about stories and I think terrible versions of injustices, like we just talked about with the whole prayer app deal. I think it's really important to remember that it will be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. that, that this privacy issues or polarization or nastiness or fake news or whatever else, none of that can touch the unshakable hope we have in the completed past action of the sacrifice and resurrection of Christ and the, future hope we have in the, in the promises of what we what awaits us in eternity. And so I think that if you listen to a story or you see other terrible things on social media or on the internet, like we just looked at, you know, whether it's a, you know, a, a massive fight and disagreement among, among friends and people that you love and care about, or something like we just explored with the privacy issues, I think it's important not to be discouraged to the point of despair even as we take a more sobering perspective on our relationship with these platforms. So um, there is hope. Uh, Maybe not what we ought not to do is find our hope in any future version of the internet. There's lots of utopian vibes around Web3 and the metaverse right now, and I think we all ought to pump the brakes a little bit and realize that the same sinful people who created our present broken version of the internet will be the same kinds of sinful people who will create the future of it. And so I think we we ought to find hope, but maybe just not in the future of of this same medium that feels so broken right now. So I'm having frequent conversations um, with a, a relatively old dude who was on the ground level of development at Apple. So this, this goes back a number of years. I mean, he was in a meeting at MIT where they were whiteboarding something we now all call the Internet. And mm-hmm. so... Um, uh, when he talks about the past and the present and the future, he does so in, with the same kind of language you're using right now. And, and he's a Christian and he, um, he really sees how God has not only built the architecture of the internet in such a way that there's no way any, any government or bad actor can keep the gospel from advancing in invisible ways over every border and, and barrier that man would seek to construct against it. And so the bits and bytes that are, you know, flying around right now that we can't see, you know, are these packets of light that God is using to enlighten the reality of people in very dark spaces and places who don't have anything, but they have a phone. 
And, right. um, and so, and they have access to the internet, which is crazy to think of. And so I think that we in, uh, because we have access to so much, um, we forget that it is an access point for people who have nothing else. And so when, you know, when we have the luxury, frankly, of focusing on, um, on the ways that we that we know it's there, there are bad things happening, really, really bad things happening. But there's also really good. There's a lot of really good stuff yes. happening. And the good news of the yes. gospel is going forth over the Internet and 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 through social media um, and through those prayer apps. So this is part of the challenge that we face as well. Um, and so thank you for this you know, reflection today and, and really, really good reminder that even in the midst of what feels pretty dystopian sometimes, um, there's goodness and light and there's certainly hope. Yeah. Yes, of course. And, and that's, it's fun sometimes for me to think about how, you know, in a way through fiber optics, the internet is information traveling at the speed of light, not literally the speed of light, but fiber optics are just literally information is delivered at through light. And so it's, it is exciting to think about the light of the gospel being delivered at the speed of light through the fiber optic cables in the ocean floor, you know? So it, you're exactly right. I think it's an encouraging thing to think about. I know, and why I'm jazzed about Starlink when it finally gets up. So there you go. Right. For a later conversation. All right, that's Chris Martin, one of my geeky friends who I love to talk with about um, all the ways in which God is helping us advance the gospel through uh, through the Internet and through the social Internet as well. So check out his Terms of Service blog. Check out his brand new book by the same title, Terms of Service. Chris, um, as always, thank you so much, and congratulations on the new book. Thank you, Carmen. Have a great weekend. Well, you too. We'll talk with you again soon. We'll be right back. All right, visit us Visit us right now at MyFaithRadio.com and find a friend like little Hazel. Um, become a child champion today through one child. If it's easier for you to do so, then just give one child a call at 1-800-864-0200. That's 1-800-864-0200. If you're listening to this, via podcast or rebroadcast over the weekend. Um, those sites and that number are still available to you. So now is your time. Become a child champion, $39 a month. Change the life of a child. Um, I have done it. Uh, you can do it too. Let's become child champions together that, you know, that together we might run this race with perseverance and, and all of us, um, you know, just enjoy the reality of being children of God together. All right, join me. We got another hour up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.